Okay, we're going to be talking about the eyes today. Seers and seeing people rising. So after the charismatic movement of the 1960s, these spiritual gifts started to resurface in a way that we've never seen. Um, This office of the prophet and the seer in the 1980s it began to even take a strong emphasis in another direction so we start to see an emergence of um, different aspects of the prophetic it's exciting to think about this okay it's exciting to think about that and then look at the parallel of the days of the early church There's an impartation and an activation that has made up this body of Christ and it's thrusted into a prophetic season, leading us to to where we are today. So when we think of the 1960s and the 1980s and then, you know, on, we can see how this prophetic has progressed. We've just come from a season of of truth, right? I mean, you've you've heard people talking about the truth about this, the truth about that, or we're the truthers. When in reality, God is preparing us for a prophetic season of fulfillment of prophecy like never before. So you look around and you start to notice these things are changing in the body of Christ, and and uh, the Bible is still relevant more than people want to really give it credit for. God is raising up companies of not just prophetic people, but people to see, seers, people that can prophesy both by faith and by sight, the spiritual sight. There's even fivefold prophets that are being raised up right now. I mean, I think it's amazing that what God is doing. So I just want to open your eyes that we're in a different season right now in our lives. And we know that God is returning. His son's returning. And so I just want to start off uh, by getting everybody in, in perspective of how God is trying to um, commission us, mandate us to raise up. And uh, there's a new anointing coming for an end time anointing. And that we have to begin to understand this gift so that we can break through the obstacles of seeing in the Spirit. So that we can take the intel that God has given us and uh, rightfully discern it. And use those insights for strategies in prayer and also in warning other people. And it, it, it depends, you know. Um, it depends what we do and what we're supposed to do with what God gives and that's what I hope to gain as uh, as we go through the series that we'll all gain a greater understanding of what we're to do with these things because everything that we see in here is not to be shared and we have to use discernment so God is calling us to walk in this realm he wants us to be Um, in prayer with him and a hunger for these things from him and to be good stewards of it. So he wants to help us understand to navigate these areas. So let's pray uh, for today that God is going to do just that. 
So Father God, we just thank you for bringing us to your glory room so that we can see your glory, that we can see um, your revelation, that you're showing us enemy whereabouts, but you're also showing us your kingdom that's coming. Father, help us to decipher and to discern how to rightfully um, interpret what you show and that we do this for your glory and not our own. God, give us a discernment and a wisdom of what to share and to steward it uh, well and research and pray and draw nigh unto you so that we can take these seeds that you've given and use them for your good, Father. And so we just ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. can see in the spirit and so this is a God-given ability so everyone has this God-given ability and what we want is for everyone to tap into that for God to activate that gift that God-given ability for us to see and if you can already see that it would be multiplied and increased and if it's uh, flowing, then we want to see it prophetically and how to uh, steward it and how to use that. So you don't have to be a prophetic person or a, a prophet to prophesy. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. You don't have to be a seer to see in the spirit. These are things that God wants to give as simple gifts of prophecy. Now, it talks about uh, these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, among with eight other gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the simple gift of prophecy is available to all believers. Anybody can prophesy, especially um, when there's a knowing. And it may not be like a, a prophetic foreshadow or to foresee, but it's a knowing. And when you proclaim that knowing, you're prophesying. The enemy has tried to keep most believers ignorant of this ability. That we can move in these spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy and especially to see in that realm. It's the seer realm. Prophet uh, Paul worked even in the early church to overcome such ignorance. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he penned 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were a Gentile and carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God, calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. 
And there are diversities of activities for the same God who does the works in all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So just so that we're, you know, rooting ourselves to the truth here, this gift is not for us. It's to profit the body. For to the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one of the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each one individually as he wills. Now you are officially informed. The Holy Spirit distributes these gifts individually as he wills. We are called to pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that we may prophesy. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 14.1. That word desire... In the Greek, the word is zelu, Z-E-L-O-O, which means to burn with zeal. You should pursue God for the manifestation of spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, in your life. You can relate that verse to singing in the Spirit. Prophecy includes realms of hearing and seeing. Proverbs 20 verse 20, um, excuse me, verse 12, speaks the hearing ear and the seeing eye. The Lord has made them both. And that might be one that you want to highlight in your Bible. The simple gift of prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So you see, these gifts are not for us, they're for the body. the whole body. I submit to you that this is what God wants. He wants us to see and to hear. He wants us to be well versed in his commandments and our communication with him. If you can hear and you can see, or at least you have the capacity to see. So by contrast, just because you can prophesy doesn't mean that you're a prophet. And just because you can see in the Spirit doesn't make you a seer. But let me repeat the first statement again for this emphasis. Everyone has the inherent ability to see in the Spirit. That means every one of us can see and hear like Adam and Eve. You are included as everyone. Seers and prophets, or a type of prophet, like a prophetic person, according to this Ephesians 4.11 paradigm. That means modern-day seers have a mandate to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. To put it another way, to see in the Spirit at the level God opens to them. So not everybody sees in the same level as that. The seers Ephesians 4.12 mandate is a key to what we're talking about here. We are working to equip ourselves to enter in to seer realms as the Holy Spirit leads. Whether you are a seer looking for language, scripture, and understanding, 
or a believer who wants to operate in the seer realm, you'll find the answers here as we talk. We will find answers so that we can be activated as that God has already gave the gift that God has already gave you. First, we need to convince ourselves that that we can see in the spirit. So it's likely that you know that you can or that you would, that you can do this. So we have to come into that place of, of fueling our faith. We can see and hear in the spirit. If a donkey, a donkey can see, think about that. In the Bible, it talks about that in Numbers 22, verse 22 and 23. It says, Then God's anger arose because he went, and the angel of the Lord took him, and he stood in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and two servants were with him. And now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balak struck the donkey to turn her back to the road. This is, this is uh, profound that even the donkey could see. <laughs> what he saw after getting struck, he eventually spoke to the prophet, okay? Through the restoration of a prophetic movement, even for today, there's been a tongue-in-cheek saying that goes something like this. If God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you. This relates back to the Balaam and, and to the king Balak, was what we just read. So let's just stop here for a second. What happened? The donkey saw an angel. Ironically, the prophet couldn't see the angel. Likely because he was in rebellion to the will of the Lord by agreeing to visit Balak. The donkey, God's creation, saw into the spiritual realm when even the prophet missed. So don't think if God can open the eyes of a donkey in the spiritual realm that he can open yours. So let's continue on to verses 24 through 27. The angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on the side and a wall on the other side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, he pushed her, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. And then the angel of the Lord went further. He stood in the narrow path, in the narrow place, where there was no way on either side, the right or the left. And when the donkey saw the angel, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with a staff. The donkey's eyes were open. The donkey saw and responded with greater faith and corresponding action to the unseen realm than the seen realm. This is our goal as seers or seeing people to respond to what we see clearly in our spiritual eyes with much and more faith and corresponding action than we, what we see with our natural eyes. This is part of walking in the Spirit. Again, you have this inherent ability as a born-again believer. You can prophesy, you can see. As a matter of fact, even 
If you've never prophesied, you still have the ability to see. God wants our eyes and our ears to to walk and talk with him. In other words, he wants us fully activated. So here's something else interesting. Continuing on with the donkey and Balaam. Verses 28 through 30. And then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said, Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me with three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. I wish that there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, I am not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day. Was I ever disposed to you to do this to me? He asked, and he said no. Wow, notice that the Lord opened the donkey's eyes before he opened the donkey's mouth. In reality, it's the same way in the kingdom. God opens the eyes of our heart by way of conviction, and then he opens our mouths to confess our salvation. We become born again with the ability to manifest the kingdom according to the light that we have been, that we have. We should pray then for more light and understanding that the entrance of God's word brings. <clears throat> We're going to continue on because it's not the end of the story with this donkey. We're picking up at verse 31. Through 33. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with the drawn sword in his hand. He bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse from me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me three times. If she had not turned away from me, surely I would have killed you by now. And let her live. Let her live. Finally, we see that Balaam's eyes opened. The donkey prophesied to the prophet, which got his attention. And then the pre-incarnate Christ opened his eyes and convinced him of his sin. Um, Excuse me, convicted him of his sin. How do we know that? Well, when we read the, the next verse, 34. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, who is the the pre-incarnate Christ, I have sinned, for I do not know you stood in my way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. So then if God can open up a donkey's eyes, don't you think that he can open our eyes? And the answer is yes. So we're equipped so that we can see so that we can see in the end times because like we were talking earlier on lesson two we can't believe everything that we hear well we also can't believe everything that we see because looks can be deceiving things can be deceiving but what we see with our eyes may not really be what it is and so um that's going to be in part two. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for what we've learned up until this point, you know, with Balaam 
and the donkey. And I pray that this is used as a faith builder for us to um, be in a place of, of faithful belief and not in doubt or unbelief in your ability to to open things up, Father. And I pray that you um, encourage us in prayer to pray these things, you know, to have a desire to want to see in greater measure. Because I know that um, everybody in the group pretty much has dreams and visions and sees. But Lord, we want that prophetic flow to be even greater. And so Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray and ask for these gifts in greater measure, Father, because we want to give you the glory in all things. And we ask all these things in Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Amen. part two and we're going to talk about being equipped in the last days so that we could see and understand the the bible makes uh many promises about the last days paul warns us for example in the last days perilous times will come and we read that in second timothy 3 1 in the last days apostasy comes the turning away from faith it will increase you know, we read Matthew 24, and there's a number of things that God teaches us about what's going to happen in the end times, and, and verse 12 talks about that. It talks about the last day scoffers will come according to their lusts, their own lusts, they will come. We can even see that in Second Peter 3, verse 3. Indeed, there are a lot of sober prophecies in Scripture about the last days. However, there is an Old Testament prophecy that was re-prophesied in the New Testament just after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and this should encourage us. At the same time, it helps us understand how important the prophetic realm is in the last days. So this Old Testament prophecy, and you've probably heard many people preach about it it's the Joel 2 so we have Acts 2 and Joel 2 um, Acts 2 it talks about the re-prophesying of that so we're going to read uh, Joel 2 verses 28 through 29 and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy your old men shall have shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So, with the Holy Spirit inspiration, Peter said, "Hey, this is that. This is the day of, of uh, that it talks about in Joel." And he prophesied it. And so we're going to read uh, Acts 2, verse 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in those days, and God says, God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
and on my men servants and my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy so both Joel and Peter were both prophesying about this seer realm opening in conjunction with an outpouring or a baptism of if you will of the Holy Spirit because that's exactly what happened in the upper room in fact, Peter re-prophesied this on the day of Pentecost. We learn about that as we study the Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind and baptized the 120 in the upper room with tongues of fire. And Peter said, this is that. Now that's verse 16 in Acts 2. Both Joel and Peter were prophesying by the Spirit of God that in the last days, that they would begin after Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. This realm would be open to us as the Holy Spirit poured out on believers. This gift doesn't discriminate between men or women, between young or old. The only qualification in receiving this is the Holy Spirit. This gift unlocks the seer realm at new levels. So this would be great... Um, prayer points just to read those scriptures that we just read and and pray for a greater portion of dreams and visions the baptism of the holy spirit not only positioned the apostles to work in signs and wonders and miracles this event opened their eyes it opened the eyes of the early church the believers stephen had an open vision of heaven in acts 7 verse 56 and God spoke to Ananias in a vision to visit Saul and restore his sight. And that's in Acts 9, verse 10 through 17. Both Paul and Peter had visions. And when, um, when you're saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can operate in these realms too. Although we know that Jesus, his name, can raise the dead and speak in tongues and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. These are all things that, that are in the Bible that testify of Jesus, uh, what he did and how um, the apostles spoke in Jesus' name and did some of these as well. Uh, any believer can manifest the spiritual gifts anytime the Holy Spirit sees fit according to what we talked about uh, in an earlier lesson, 1 Corinthians 12. So there's a special emphasis put on prophecy over and over and over again because it's connected to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So pursuing this spiritual eyesight is wonderful. <clears throat> it's something that we should pursue. Holy Spirit's gifts are to bless people whether they're saved or they're lost. We can we can not choose to work a miracle, but we can believe in faith and walk in miracle realm. We cannot choose to interpret tongues, but we can yield to the Holy Spirit if he chooses to give us an interpretation. Much of the same, we cannot force the spirit realm to open up and take a peek but we can ask the Lord to open our eyes to show us what he wants us to see and we can walk with a sensitivity 
that makes us more of what he wants to show us. Just like we were talking about in a previous lesson about the hearing is that it's for the edification of the church. It's for the upbuilding of the church and the body of Christ. And we can't demand. We want to pursue and we pray diligently that God would increase and that he would flow and that he would gift. Yes, this is a special gift that he can give, that we can see in the Spirit. They that see at times, whether they want to or not, some people have dreams that they don't, they don't want to see. Ezekiel, Daniel, Zechariah, John the Revelator. I mean, there's others in the Bible who also saw in the spiritual realm, not, not just to seek supernatural experience, but God encountered them and showed them what he wanted them to see. But all we can do is pursue these gifts of seeing. In fact, twice in Scripture, Paul admonishes us to pursue the gifts of the Spirit. It's good for us to to look at the Scripture and help us to understand how these things work so that we're not praying amiss, that we pursue them, and then when we have them, that we would pray for interpretation and that that gifting area, that realm, would be not open to the enemy, but open to God Almighty. Beyond the donkey, he wrote about earlier, consider this, or that we read about earlier, consider this, God opened up the spiritual realm, the seer realm, to non-believers in the Bible. We know that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, Pharaoh had a dream, the baker and the butler, who found themselves in jail with Joseph, and Amalek all had dreams from God, warning them and showing them things to come. We know that Cornelius, the non-Jewish Roman military officer, also had an angelic visitation that led to salvation, and that's in Acts 10, verse 1 through 8. We know that Belshazzar had a vision of the hand writing on the wall, which is Daniel 5. What's more is that we see God encountering Muslims and today with dreams and visions unto salvation. They're walking away from the Muslim religion because Christ is revealing themselves to them. God has not shut off the the, the seer realm to you or to anyone else. You don't have to be a seer to see. Even seers can't decide to see. All the believers are at God's, in God's hands. And so that comes from Him. Seeing in the Spirit comes from Him. Your part is to desire these spiritual gifts, cultivate a sensitivity in your heart for them, and then by faith in your spirit, move in that gift for His glory. So get filled with the Spirit. You know, just like when we learn just a minute ago, you already know this, but I was bringing it to your remembrance, the Acts 2 and the Joel 2, the outpouring of the Spirit. And so, get filled with the Spirit. We want to get filled with the Spirit and the joy of the Lord, because we need the Holy Spirit to help us. When you get when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and there's a deeper immersion 
inside of you because of that. Like, God is in you. He's around you, he's upon you, and he's inside. And that's a great treasure. Jesus is the baptizer, and he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit overflowing. And it's not just a one-time experience. Ephesians 5.18 tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but that the Greek word for filled actually translates to being filled. In the book of Acts, we saw the apostles were filled several times. I'm quite sure that all these fillings were not chronicled. Here are some scriptures to build your faith in this promise of the Holy Spirit filling you. The first one is Luke 11:13. If then, if you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts, gifts that are to their advantage to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those whom, who ask and continue to ask him? Acts 2, 4, And they were filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different foreign languages and tongues as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. So the next one is Romans 8, 26 through 27. So to the Holy Spirit, comes our aid and bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthy, worthily as we ought. But the Holy Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit and what in what he intent what his intent is because the holy spirit intercedes and pleads before god on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with god's will so jesus being the baptizer he baptizes us with the holy spirit when we ask and believe if you've never been filled with the holy spirit and you want to be or if you want a fresh infilling pray this prayer And I would encourage you to even lift your hands up as we pray this and and take it seriously. You know, if you want to add to the prayer, then do that. Let Holy Spirit lead. Father, I surrender full control of my life to you. I ask that you now, even now, fill me with the overflowing of your spirit just as you promised to do if I asked according to your will. I ask this in the name of Jesus and believe that you are pouring out your spirit upon me right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your wonderful love, grace, and mercy poured out. We just want to be used by you as your instruments, Father. Not only would you baptize us with your Holy Spirit, but open up our eyes that we would see so clearly and hear so clearly of interpretation of those things that we see. And so we give you all the praise and honor and glory and thanksgiving for what you're doing. We thank you, Father. 
In Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Amen. Shalom. We talked about uh, seeing in the spiritual realm and some accounts in the Bible about that was very helpful to just kind of slow down and think about that in relationship to uh, Balaam and the donkey. And so next time, next lesson, we're going to talk about biblical, biblical accounts of hearing um, in the Word of God. And so that'll be that'll be great and then after that we're going to start digging into some deeper things so I hope that these have been uh, helpful and um, bringing some understanding and if you have any questions please just let me know and we'll go from there we'll just keep on going and learning together about this God bless you everybody Shalom Shalom